he's so tight. Um, good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Good. Okay. So here's the first thing. There are carts around the room, and they have these Bibles in them. So I want everyone to get one. And one of these, which is our note paper. We're going to use it today. It's going to be awesome. And a couple of things on this note paper while you guys are getting it is there's a little tear-off section at the bottom, which is pretty cool. And it has a thing for prayer requests. So if you have a prayer request, you can totally write that down, and we'll be praying for you. And if you have a question, like we said, we're doing Instagram Live every single Thursday at 3 p.m. So if you have questions about the message, something you didn't understand or whatnot, or just questions about God or faith or life, just write that down. And then you guys can drop it in these, like, little things. There's these boxes, okay? And they're usually in the back. There's one like back there that's turned sideways, but this one's usually on the other side, so you can just drop it in there. Cool? Cool beans? Okay, cool. I love beans. So good. Um, Mexican food, come on. So good. Okay, I have a question for you guys this morning. Um, has anybody ever felt like in life that they've taken two steps forward and then one step back? Anybody felt that way, either emotionally, physically, spiritually, anything? Okay, awesome. There's a few people in this room, which is awesome. Um, so I'm going to tell you about a story um, in my own life where it happened to me physically. So when I was in second grade, my mom came to me and she said, hey, you're going to go get a couple of shots today. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, shots are cool. Like, you know, whatever. No one likes getting shots, but they're supposed to help you, like, heal or get better or whatever. Okay, so that's what they're supposed to do. So shots. My mom tells me I'm getting them. Usually you get them in your arms. It's probably like an updated thing for immunizations, whatever. But I just trusted her and I went with it. So I'm going, okay, great. I'm going to go to my normal doctor. They're super nice. I like them. They'll just give me my shots and I'll be on my way like the last time I got shots, right? So what happens is we pull up to the doctor's office. It is not the doctor's office I normally go to, okay? It's a new one. And I didn't know this place. So I walk in, it's like this brick building. I walk in with my mom and it's cold, it's dark. I'm like, this is weird, why are we here? Not at my normal doctor's office, but okay, whatever. Um, we get in the doctor's office room and they tell me I'm getting shots in my legs. Has anyone ever gotten shots in their legs before? Okay, there's like five of you, six, 10 maybe, okay. That's 10 of you out of like the 100 of you that are in here. Okay, this is insane. So I'm going, okay, normally I get shots in my arms, but all right, cool, let's just go for the legs today, all right? So um, <laughs> the nurses, I'm sitting on the, the, the table that they make you sit on with the white paper, and I'm sitting there. And they're like, all right, we're gonna put a couple of shots in your legs, and two of them go at the same time, and they do two shots right here. Okay, two shots in my upper thighs. Then they take two more, and they go, and so I get two shots in my thighs. I have four shots total, and I don't even know why. But afterward, I'm, like, hurting. And I'm like, Mom, this really hurts. And she's like, it's okay. It's just, you know, it's a shot. Like, that's what happens. Usually you're a little sore after, but it'll go away. So I'm like, okay, Mom, I trust you. Cool. So I go, I go home, and I'm like, man, I got, I got these bandages on. This is awesome. I'm going to go tell the neighbor about it. So I go over to my neighbors, who's my friend, and I just told him, I was like, Dude, Kevin, look, I got these, like, bandages. I got these shots late today, da, da, da. And I literally am, like, talking to him. I talk to his mom. And I literally turn to walk home, and I can't move my left leg. It was the weirdest thing. 
And I'm like screaming. I'm like scared. Like I was like, I can't move it. <laughs> like it was so weird. And I'm standing there and I'm like, someone needs to go get my mom. So his mom runs over to my mom's house, um, to my house, gets my mom. My mom comes back. And by the time my mom is there, I'm on the floor because I've lost all control of my legs and I can't walk. And so my mom picks me up and she carries me home. And she's like wondering like, what the heck just happened? This is so weird. And I'm wondering what the heck, heck happened. This is so weird. I couldn't walk for four days. And I didn't know if I was ever going to walk again. It was the scariest thing. I cannot tell you enough. Like I was like freaking out. And I'm going, what the heck? All I did was get shots. I don't know if any of you have ever felt like that in your relationship with Jesus, where it's like, okay, I don't know how I got here, but I feel like I took two steps forward and I've taken one step back. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today because there's a lot of times where we just go, what the heck? How did I get here? There's a point in our relationship with Jesus, our walk with Jesus, where we're like, I don't understand how I got here. All I did was say yes to all these sports that I didn't go to church. All I did was say yes to all this homework that I couldn't go to life group and studying for all this test because that matters. All I did was say yes to all these sleepovers on the weekend because my, important, my, and my friendships are important. And it's like, then we kind of look back and we go, whoa, where did God go, right? And so we're going to talk about that today because the decisions you make now will determine where you end up later. The decisions you make now will determine where you end up later. That's the first note. And that is true for every single person in this room. The decisions you make now will affect your future. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Because in JHM, we do something called Next Steps. So you may have seen this card before if you're at camp. And you'll see it pop up again this whole year because we want to kind of help you in your relationship with Jesus. So your school is there to help you succeed in your academics. Your coaches are there to help you succeed in your sports. And our job here at church is to help you succeed in your relationship with Jesus. And so we've developed this card, not to kind of say, hey, you have to do all this stuff. But it's kind of give you a framework of saying, hey, where might God be calling you to do something different? Where might God be calling you in the next step with him in your faith, in your journey with Jesus? Because a relationship with Jesus grows stronger by choosing to take a next step. A relationship with Jesus grows stronger by choosing to take a next step. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to grab them. We're going to turn to the book of Genesis, which is the absolute first book of the Bible. And it kind of just goes through a bunch of stories about how how faith and Christianity got started. Um, the people in the world that were there thousands and thousands of years ago, but they, they developed everything that we know now and know today. We're just in the next part of the story. So the, this guy is the first part of the story. And so we're going to read in Genesis 12. So it's page 12, if you're there, verses 1 and 2. This is what it says. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. All right, cool. Random verse, random guy. What does this mean? Why are we reading this today? This is so crazy, but cool. He gets to be famous. I'd like to be famous one day. That sounds awesome. Um, so here's the deal. Is there's this guy, a plain Joe, like you and me, living in this place called Haran, but he's from a place called Ur. Has anyone ever called, heard of the place called Ur? Okay, a couple of you. This is great. Has anybody studied Mesopotamia in social studies? Oh, 
Batavia. Did you guys know that? It's the coolest thing. So we're going to stick that up on the map. There's two places called Ur. There's one in lower Mesopotamia by the Euphrates and Tigris River. And then there's one all the way up in upper Mesopotamia by the tourist mountains. Okay. So Jewish tradition says that Abram is actually from Ur in upper Mesopotamia, which is pretty awesome. Okay. So he's from there. And so he got married, he had a family, all that stuff, and he moved to the place next to it called Haran, which is a place there. So he is there, and God shows up to him, and God speaks to him. And he says, hey, leave your land, leave everything that you know, take all your possessions with you, and move to this place I will show you. Okay, sounds easy enough. Would anybody want to move where they're at right now? Anybody want to move somewhere else? Yeah. That can be an easy step. It can be a hard step. For Abram, it was an easy step. He's like, all right, I'll do this. God says he's going to do this, so I'm going to go do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do my part. So Abram goes um, to this place called Canaan, which is right there underneath. So he's traveling from Haran all the way to Canaan, which is right underneath Jerusalem. And that's modern-day Israel right there, okay? So Canaan is right there, and that's the land that God showed him. And so what happens is you think he's going to get the promise, right? Like God says he's going to make him into a great nation. He said that he would make him famous. He said that he would bless him. And so he gets to Canaan and he's like, all right, cool. You want to know what happens? A famine. A famine happens. Does anybody know what a famine is? Okay, what is it? Yeah, you. Yes, the country ran out of food. There's no food in this place. So he's forced to move to Egypt for a time. So Egypt is just below Canaan, south, and over by the Red Sea kind of thing over that way. So he moves to Egypt, and so he's a foreigner, an Israelite foreigner living in a land. The promise has not come yet, and he's probably like, what the heck? I just took a step. God hasn't shown up. There's this hardship that I'm going through, and now, now that hardship's over. So he goes back to Canaan. And the promise still hasn't come yet. Four chapters later. Four chapters later. So we're reading in Genesis 12. So Genesis 13, nothing happens. Genesis 14, nothing happens. Genesis 15, nothing happens. Genesis 16, they're over it. They're like, what the heck, God? When are you going to show up? We're 85 right now. Me and my wife can't have a kid. So what are you doing? How is there supposed to be a great nation? And so they were discouraged. And what they did was they took matters into their own hands because they were afraid that God wasn't going to show up. So we're going to read Genesis 16, verse 2. So flip the page. It is on page 15. Here we go. Verse 2. So Sarai, who is Abram's wife, said to Abram, The Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have a children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. So they're afraid. That God's not going to show up. That God, they think that God doesn't keep his promises. That, he's not, that he forgot about them. And so they took matters into their own hands. And Abram went and had a kid with Sarai's servant. And it was a boy. But that wasn't the promise. God was like, man, that's not it. That's not it. And so what happens is there's a few, there's a few more things that happened after that was they're waiting even more, and they're just like, okay, like, this is probably it. This is awesome. We did it. But God's like, no, that's not what I have for you. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way in your relationship with Jesus where 
you're like, okay, God told me to do something, but he's not showing up. Because in, in scripture, it'll say things like, cast your cares on God and he will give you peace. Give God everything that you have and you will, you will, be, you will be happy. You will have joy. And you're like, okay, I gave that to God, but I don't feel that way. Where, when is God going to show up? When is God going to keep his promise to me? For me, uh, one of the next steps that God gave me in college was to pray for my family because God wanted to bring them back into relationship with him. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Because at the time, um, when I went to college, my, my, my parents stopped going to church like two years before that. My sister stopped going to church when I was in college. And none of my extended family are believers. And so I was like, okay, great. This is interesting. I'm supposed to pray for them, and I want that for them. This is great. But I just felt super alone because I was the only Christian in my family for a long time. And I would go to my family gatherings each month, and everyone would make fun of me. My cousins would make fun of me for how I lived. My sister would, and even my parents. And it was really hard for a really long time. And by that time, I was getting so sick of it. I was praying for them for three years, okay, three years. And by this time, I'm in seminary, and I'm like, God, when are you going to show up? When are you going to show up for my family like you said you would? It's been three years. Why are you holding out on me? What is going on? Because I have everything on my plate. So I don't know if you've got stuff on your plate. Get it? Your life is your plate, okay? Um, but there was a lot at that time. I was going, I was going to full-time seminary. I had um, to do a four-and-a-half-year program in three years. It was really tough. It took a lot of my time. And the other thing that I was doing was I was a junior high pastor part-time, which was really full-time because people need you all the time, and there's just a lot going on there. And I'm going, you know what? I got to have fun because otherwise I'm going to die, so I need to hang out with my friends, okay? So I'm, I'm keeping my friends in check and trying to hang out with them, and I can. Then... I got like, I got to go to church because I can't pour out unless I'm being poured into, and school isn't doing that for me, so I got to go to church. And then on top of that, I'm worried about finances because I literally have $1,000 a month to live on. That was all the church was paying me at the time, and I was like, okay, I guess I got to figure it out. This is awesome. And that kind of seemed like a lot, and I'm dropping things already. There's a lot on my plate already. And on top of that, I got to take care of all the stuff at home. I got chores. This is a lawn blower. <laughs> okay. <laughs> chores and everything, all my responsibilities. I'm like, God, this is a lot. And you're telling me that you want me to keep praying and handle all this? Like, you're crazy. Because I'm getting tired with this weight of this plate. I can't do it alone. And you're telling me to add something else onto it? I don't think so. Matthew 6.24 says this. It says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So what's going on in this verse is God is basically saying you can't do both. You can't choose what I have for you and choose your life about what's going on and worry about this. But God says, I can take this weight if you choose first what I'm telling you to do. Like, I will handle all of this if you just focus on what I have. Do your best with this, but focus on what I have for you, and you'll be free. And so God is like, I want to take this weight, because this gets really heavy, doesn't it? 
we get stressed, we get worried, we get tired, we get anxious, we feel like we can't, we can't handle anything else, and if there's one more thing, we're going to die. God says you don't have to carry it. And so in that, in that time, God's like, you know, what, why it's me or, it's all, or is, it the, is it me or is it the stuff that you're holding on to? Is it me or is it the stuff that you're holding on to? And you know what? Like, God's right because he's like, he's asking me to ask myself, am I going to be continually faithful in taking my next step with him when stuff gets hard, when this stuff is weighing me down? Or am I going to focus on this stuff and forget about what he's asked me to do? What is it? So my question this morning is, what are you holding on to this morning? What are you holding on to this morning? I don't know how you came in today. I don't know what you're carrying. Um, I don't know what stress or anxiety or hurt or pain you've came in with. But God says you don't have to hold on to that anymore. Uh, with Abram, a few chapters later, God brings the promise. He brings a son. They were 100 years old, and they had a kid named Isaac. And what Isaac did was he was the one that God used to bring Christianity into life, into formation. And he was part of the story because from him, eventually all the way down the line came Jesus, and from Jesus came all of us. Like, that's cool. So God fulfilled the promise. And you know what God did in my family? I continued to pray, even though it was really hard, and there were times when I didn't, didn't pray, and God would keep reminding me. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be faithful. I'm just going to do it. A couple of years ago, after I got my full-time job, um, my parents started going back to church. And it was really cool. And they started asking me questions about my faith. And they were asking me things. And now they're stronger in their faith than they've ever been. And not only that, but my sister got married last year, and she wrote me a card. And she said, because of you, I'm a Christian. And that is awesome. Like, how hard is it to wait and then, but to hear that later is so cool. And now I go to my, my gatherings, my family gatherings, my cousins are asking me questions. And they're like, I wish that I was like you. It's like, what? But God is so good. He's so good. And sometimes it gets really tough to hold on to everything. It gets really tough. The promise will come that you can't choose your next step and what you're holding on to. It's either or. And in the scriptures, John 10, 10, um, Jesus says, The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Jesus wants to give you that free life. He wants to allow you to get rid of all this stuff, all the things that weigh you down, all the things that are important to you, because what he has for you is so much better. And if we just fix our eyes on him and on those things, then we're going to have the life that he wants us to have. And in turn, we're going to become more like him, which is the whole goal. And it's going to be beautiful. And he says, I've got the key to all that. It's all in here. You can read all about it. And it's awesome. And if it's like, you're, you're like, I don't even know what next step to take to have that. Um, we want to help you with that in JHM. Um, we're going to throw this next step slide up on the screen. Um, there's a bunch of next steps that you can take. So why we formulated this card is not to make you like feel like you have to do anything. It's just to give you a framework to say, hey, what might something, what might my next step be in my faith? Because a lot of times we don't know. We're like traveling along, we're just like, man, I'm following Jesus, but I don't know where I am with him anymore. I don't really know what's going on, but I never asked anybody. 
but we want to make it easy for you. We want to kind of write those steps down so that you can take them. Uh, there, there are a few steps. I'll read them. Say, I believe to Jesus for the first time. Commit to Jesus again. The next one is join a life group. Serve others. Get baptized. If you've never been baptized, like, there's an opportunity to do that. Like, that's the way that you make your faith public to your friends um, and your family and your neighbors. David is the one that takes care of all of that. Baptisms are coming up on February 26th. So if that's you, talk to David. Uh, there's a class on the 19th to learn more about it. It's awesome. Um, commit to reading the Bible more, but you don't know where to start. That's a big one. Um, I started in, in Mark. That's a really, really good one. Start in the New Testament. The Old Testament is very historical, and it's got a lot of stuff in it that we're like, I don't get it. Because if you try and read Genesis through, you'll get to Leviticus, and you'll be like, this is weird. I don't get it. Like, this doesn't make any sense. They're killing things, and I don't get it. So it's all historical stuff. So start in the New Testament. Um, I don't like to read, so I started in Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians. Those are like four chapters. I was like, this is awesome. It's so good. Next, finish it. Um, and it was super good. Um, start serving on one of the student leadership teams. So today, after service, if you guys want to sign up for student leadership as your next step, we're going to give you the opportunity to do so. Um, outside, there's a fair of like tons of tables where you can sign up for a student leadership team. If you're like, man, I want to exercise my gifts, my, my talents, and my abilities, and I want to use them to, to learn how to serve God with them then that's something that you can do. I would encourage you to go outside and sign up today. It's February 4th, Student Leadership launches, and it's going to be the best. It's going to be the best it's ever been with Jeremy. He's awesome. Um, and if you need to talk to someone, please come talk to us. And maybe it's like, you know what, none of those apply to me. I don't, like, I don't, none of those, like, I've done them, or, you know, this is just not what God's calling me to. There's an other category, which is where I would place Abram's story when God said to move to another land. Like, that's not on this card. Um, on, like, my story where God asked me to pray for my family, that's not on that card either, but God spoke that to me. So I would write that down in the other column. And so if that's you, that's a big deal. Another thing that you could do, um, we're in a freedom series, obviously, and we're talking kind of like about our stuff and how God wants to free you. And money is a big deal. And I don't know if you've got struggles with money now. Your parents might. Um, that's, a awesome, that's a crazy thing. And so money wants to kind of take your life. And money can be an idol over who God is. And so what God asks us to do is to give our money. So if you're, if you're babysitting, if you get an allowance, if you get money from your, from your parents for something, like the whole idea is that God says, hey, give me 10% so that it doesn't own you. Show me that you're for me first so that money doesn't own you. Money doesn't come first. And that's a way that we can express worship to God is by giving. And so we have these boxes, which, yes, put your questions in here. Yes, put your prayer requests in here. But you can come and with every dollar you make, say you make a dollar for your chores. Okay, this is just an example. Then put 10 cents in here every Sunday that you come. Sa save 10% and then live on 80. So use 80 cents to do something. And that's a big deal. That's a way that we can express worship to God. Um, so... The big idea this morning is that taking your next step with Jesus leads to freedom. Taking next steps in your relationship with Jesus leads to freedom. So don't stop taking them. Like, they're just, it's just one step at a time, but I promise that every single step along the way you will find freedom. Even when it gets hard, God's going to show up. Because he's a God that keeps his promises, and he's a God that has not forgotten about you. And when he does show up, 
you're going to be so stoked that he did when he did. Because sometimes when he shows up right away for us, we're just like, all right, cool, whatever. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Like, that was awesome, God. Cool, buddy, old pal. And then it's like, but when he, like, withholds for a little bit and it's hard, then we're like, oh, my gosh, that was awesome. And God wants you to have those moments with him because he wants to be in relationship with you and he wants you to become more like him because when we do, then we're free. So let me pray for you guys this morning. You can head out, okay? God, thank you so much for everything that you're doing in every single life of every single student here, Lord. I ask and pray, God, that you would speak to them personally about their next steps with you, Lord. Um, God, that you would move them forward in their relationship with you and not backwards. So, God, I pray that you would just help them to identify what those are this year. Um, God, if it's student leadership, Lord, I pray that you would just rise them up into the leaders that you've made them and called them to be. Lord, I ask and pray, God, that they would grow continually in their faith, Lord. And if they don't have a life group to do that, Lord, that they would sign up. Uh, Lord, we ask, God, that you would be faithful um, as we do our part in taking our next steps, Lord. We know that you're good and that you're God and that you're a promise keeper and you want to do big things in our lives. So, God, I pray that we would have the courage and the discipline and the determination to go, go all in for you. In name we pray. Amen. Cool. You guys can head out those doors over there. Student leadership is out there. Go hang out. We love you guys. Yes, sir. Like, at least lower thing. Back there.